Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Tonight, we are going to talk about a creative twist on traditions. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? So, I have been busy updating my research plan and researching with our upcoming QWERTY retreat in mind. So, yay, so excited. May and I are going to be getting together this weekend um, away from children and other such distractions uh, so that we can work. (laughs) Because you know what? It's hard to work when, you know, you're surrounded by the family and all of the responsibilities and the things going on. And so we have been so excited to have this retreat. So, yay. Yes, absolutely. And last year we weren't able to have one together. So I went to a hotel room. Was it last year that I went to a hotel room on my own? I think so. And got food poisoning. Oh, no. That's so awful. Yeah, it was terrible. I ate some Mexican food that was not friendly. Well, hopefully this year will be so much better. We've picked a a cute little place that I'm so excited about. So Well, it has to be better because you'll be there and I'm so excited about that that's true (laughs) so about your creative week yeah yeah, I'm doing the same thing I'm prepping for the retreat so what uh, what I really wanted was to be able to I had a goal in mind about what I wanted for the end of the retreat and so I had to make sure that everything that I had so far would be able to serve for the serve serve the goal whenever we went on the retreat and so I've been prepping for that. I have been getting my creative cap all ready to wear the entire weekend. And I'm so I'm so thrilled because I love, love, love having uninterrupted creative time. It's just so fulfilling. And, uh, and it just makes the whole rest of the year go really well. I think it's a really great end to the year that we've had. And and a really great jump off point for the year that we will have. I agree. Definitely. We're going to do episodes too while we're on the retreat. So you guys are going to get to be a part of that as well and see some things that you might not have seen in the QWERTY world before. So it'll be fun. It will be. (laughs) Mm. So before we go on the retreat, we want to talk about creative twists on traditions. So it is getting really close to that festive time of year where we use tinsel and twinkle lights and we partake in traditions. And as we were discussing traditions a couple of weeks ago, Joy and I, we found ourselves laughing and also groaning over some of our family traditions. So 
<laughs> we talked about how easy it is for these traditions to become something that we have to do just because and we don't even remember why we have to do it instead of things that we want to do and things that really add uh, a good quality to our life. <laughs> so we decided to share these thoughts with you lovely folks, including some of our own traditions, and then discuss some creative ways to keep the spirit in our traditions and the Scrooge out. <laughs> oh, I like how you said that. <laughs> so, May, I have to ask, what are some of the Christmas things like decorations, foods, things like that, that you just almost immediately think about when you think of Christmas? Mm, so like, I can think of a ton that are like childhood traditional things mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily repeated in my adulthood. So I had a grandfather who has passed away now, but I remember that every single holiday season, especially on Thanksgiving and Christmas, he would make peanut brittle. And it would be sitting on like this, this buffet area, or they would even put it on the coffee table. Sometimes they'd even put it on the coffee table. And, but it was always there. It was like you walked in the grandparents' house and you, you saw the peanut brittle. It was first and foremost. And it's something that my grandfather cooked too. So my grandmother, normally she's, she was the cook. She was, you know, she always cooked the Sunday meals and things like that. Every time we went over to her house, it was my grandmother in the kitchen. But this, this was my grandfather's special thing that he did, and it was peanut brittle. So the thing about the peanut brittle that actually, <laughs> I, I, I have like some weird chemical makeup. I don't understand it, <laughs> it but it is what it is, right? I, this, this is how I feel about it. So the thing about the peanut brittle that he made it even more endearing to me is that it wasn't very good ever. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it could break your molars, man. Like it was so, so, <laughs> and so sometimes I would even find like the small pieces cause you couldn't really handle the big pieces. So I would find like the small pieces and just suck on it like a lozenge, <laughs> but it's somehow it is a, a really good memory of, of that time when I was a child and it was just like, hmm, here are these people who are old and cute. Like he had the largest nose. I don't, but it was adorable. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's every time I see peanut brittle, I cannot not think about my Papaw Buford. <laughs> so that's one thing. Do you need more? <laughs> if you want, do you have others? Um, I guess I, let me do one more. Let me just do one more. Cause I feel like I don't, you know, or maybe two. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so, okay. One more. Uh, so when my mom would pull out her Christmas decorations, cause she is a decorating queen. Like I am not very good at it, but she had like tubs and tubs of Christmas decorations that she would pull out of the attic. And then all of the house all in one day would end up being like this winter Christmassy wonderland. And it would be beautiful and uh, it just really gets you into the spirit. So one of her decorations that she had, and I wonder if she still has it. I don't know. I wonder if she does, but it was like this plastic, those two sets of plastic things and they would connect together to make like a 3d four sided plastic tree with no leaves. It was just branches and it was clear. 
And then what you would do is you would buy a bag of gumballs, and they're just, and they're not even balls. I don't know why they're called gumballs. <laughs> they have a flat bottom, and they're kind of domed at the top, and they're all different colors and flavors, and they're covered in sugar. So if you don't know what a gumball is, there you go. And then she would pop one of those in all different colors on all of the empty branches that were out there. So you have this clear plastic tree and then the color pop of these sugary, um, these sugary little candy treats. And so every once in a while you can offer your guests a gumball if you would like, and they would have to get off. And whenever they would go, she would replace the gumballs. So that was part of her, her traditional thing that she did. And part of my traditional thing that I did when I was younger was sneak out of my room at night and eat all the gumballs. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even very good. I don't even know like why I would. But again, it's just one of those weird things. And I guess it was like this little defiant streak in me where I would sneak out. I would eat a stupid amount of gumballs and then I'd go back into my room and have like this huge sugar high. And so like when they would come in my room in the morning, I'd be like passed out in a sugar coma in the middle of the floor amongst all of the toys with like sugary goo hanging out of my mouth. Like it's, it was quite a sight, I'm sure. But uh, so she did have to kind of monitor the gumball situation. And after a big laugh, of course, I would be like punished punished for, for doing something really adorable because it's kind of adorable and um and so that was maybe part of the tradition as well but I remember writing an essay on it in like ninth grade or something and um explaining this whole like circular pattern of this tradition and then the, what I have made out of that tradition <laughs> and um yeah I don't know. I feel like it's in a scrapbook or something somewhere for Kathy. I was mom. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be so neat if you could find that essay and read it now. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that I, that I dramatized it extensively because even then I had a flair for story. <laughs> so it had like plot points that are inside of there that might not have totally equaled the truth, but it made for a really good narrative. <laughs> I wish I could fun. find it. Maybe I will one day. Yeah, you'll have to look for it. Ask your mom. I'll mm. ask your mom. <laughs> She'd give it to you. She probably had it from me. <laughs> I think she likes you more than she likes me sometimes. <laughs> oh, I doubt that, but that would be funny. I could get it and then just like read it on an episode. Like, ha ha ha. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. Okay, so there's a couple of my traditions. So what about you? Okay, so like things that I think about, like, you know, decorations or foods or something like that that really stand out. I've got a few that come to mind. The first thing is definitely manger scenes. Like, I love manger scenes. Um, the one that I had growing up, my mom still has, and uh, it's very old. I have no clue where they got this thing. It's, I, I really haven't seen one like it anywhere else. Um, it's not anything super fancy. It's not anything glittery or anything like that, but it's your, your little manger and you've got the livestock and you've got all the main 
characters, you know, the shepherds and the wise men, and of course Mary and Joseph and the baby and the angel. Um, and so I just, I love mangers. Um, I love taking the wise men and you kind of move them a little closer every day leading up to Christmas. And um, that's a big thing too that we do with our kids. But I don't know, the one that I have now though that we use in my house belonged to my sister. And I remember her using it when her boys were small. And it's very pretty. It's this whole town, really. Um, and just each little piece, when you unwrap each piece, you know, you're trying to guess, oh, what is this? What is this? Is it a shepherd? Is it a wise man? Is it the baby Jesus? You know, like, and then you unwrap and you see what you have. And I don't know. That's just a really fun thing. And then, um, my mom had this little green porcelain tree. Okay, so you had the gumball tree. The thing that always comes to my mind is this um, ceramic, I guess. I don't know. It, to be perfectly honest, the thing's not very attractive. <laughs> but it's just like you always think about it, right? It's like this green tree that has all the little different colored lights sticking off of it. And I have seen these before. So, like, I think they were a big deal probably back in, like, the 70s or something. I don't know when they got it. Um, but I always think about that little tree. Uh, and that makes me think about the tree that we have now. So we have a fake tree. And this is the same fake tree that we've had most of our married life. And every year, my daughter complains bitterly about how we have the ugliest, wimpiest tree. And I felt the same way for a long time. And I kept thinking, all right, one of these years after Christmas, when they put them on sale, we have got to get us a nice, pretty tree because we have our, our house isn't very big, but the ceilings in the living room are tall. So, you know, it would look a lot better if it was a little bit bigger. Um, but as I got to thinking about it and we really started to pull the trigger on a new tree, I couldn't do it because we, this is the tree that we've had for most of our married life. And our kids' lives. And so it's special, even if it's a little bit Charlie Brownish. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you about the old tree, man. Like I'm 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 like, yeah, it's really hard. You attach yourself to those. And it's not about the tree, it's about the feelings that the tree kind of sparks whenever you pull it out of the attic and you put it back together again. Yeah. And the memories that you had, mm -hmm. that you made around it. So, mm -hmm. you know, and talking about picking out um, new ornaments each year and stuff like that. What are some of your favorite events of the season? Ooh, um, so when I was younger, our church would always have like a Christmas program, like a Christmas play. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because they were stories. They weren't just like. Um, every, you know, the choir gets up there and the orchestra plays this beautiful music and it's not like a series of songs. It's an actual like musical. So there's drama in it and there's a storyline and it's got this cool music in it too. Cause I'm a sucker for musicals guys, super sucker for musicals. And so, but, but the storyline is what keeps you right. So, um, I grew up watching them. And then at some point in time, I got to like be in it and it was so much fun. Like I was the soloist and I was like the main character and I was like, it was super, it was 
super, super fun. That would be a video. That would be an interesting video for my mom to find and give to you. That's true. (laughs) Maybe Megan up on a stage in some plaid pants, y'all. Some plaid pants. And I still love plaid pants. I I have a pair in my closet right now. I was about to say, don't you say anything bad about plaid pants now. No, I love them. I love them. (laughs) Florals and plaids on on my legs. I love it. (laughs) So so there's that. Um, And then something that we do every year now is we we look for Christmas lights. Christmas lights make my heart happy. It just make my heart happy. So sometimes we even just ride around in neighborhoods and just look for Christmas lights. That sounds amazing. So events. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the, the one event that as a kid I always remember... Um, it's one of my most special memories with my grandfather, who I miss dearly. Um, but we would, I would sit with him in his recliner and we would watch The Nutcracker on Ice with Dorothy Hamill. And uh, not long ago, when my grandmother was moved to a nursing home, we were helping my aunt and uncle kind of clear out the, the house and everything. And I mentioned to my aunt, because she kept asking me, you know, what are some things that you want? Because they were selling the house and it was a time of transition and everything. And so that was one of the things that I mentioned was, do you happen to know where that VHS tape, (laughs) those of you my age and older are going to know what I'm talking about. Anyone else, you have no clue. Um, Do you happen to know where that VHS tape is of the Nutcracker on Ice? And she's like, oh, no, I, I I don't know where that is. Well, then when I think it was maybe when we went for my grandmother's funeral a few months later, um, she handed me a box. And in that box was the Nutcracker on Ice VHS that I used to watch with my grandfather. So, Mm, yeah, I'm going to get teary, but that's become I've been able to share that with my kids. And so that's a special thing. Um, And then, you know, as a kid, we always would open one gift on Christmas Eve. It was just something that we did, and we've carried that through um, to now and have kind of adapted that, and we've kind of adopted the whole Jalabukaflod thing, Um, and so (laughs) that's the whole Icelandic tradition of opening a book on Christmas Eve so that you can go to bed with your book and read while you're sipping on hot cocoa or eating some chocolate, and I just adore that. <laughs> I do too. I know. It's like the coolest thing ever. So that and then, adopt that as well. Oh, there's one other thing too, like, a, you know, an event, if you want to call it that, but something mm-hmm. that we, we always do is reading Luke chapter two on Christmas morning before we open the presents. I love that. Yeah, remembering the reason. I like yep. it a lot. I like it a lot. And it's just a lovely little thing to do, not only because, I mean, it's the Word of God and it's the reason, but it makes you slow down and take mm-hmm. a pause because Christmas mornings yeah. can be so hectic, and I don't like the hectic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me neither. And uh, then referencing the movies, like you've got the Nutcracker, which I love that story so much. I have a mutated or maybe an adapted, that might be a better word, (laughs) an adapted tradition. So um, I would help my mom wrap Christmas presents when I got older. 
and I was home from college or something like that. And so we used to watch White Christmas a whole bunch whenever I was younger. And it kind of became this thing that we did where I would help wrap Christmas presents. She would even put them like in the box and tape them and I would wrap them. So this was even before college. But we'd be doing it on the, you know, like wrapping the, the, the Christmas presents on the floor together. And the whole time we've got White Christmas playing in the background. And we loved White Christmas. And that was a special time, I think, between my mom and I. And now, years later, I am married and, you know, my husband and I wrap Christmas presents together. But instead of watching White Christmas, we have the other ultimate Christmas movie. Die Hard. Oh, man. (laughs) I really thought that we were going to have in sync there, say it at the same time. We changed, um, we changed last year. I wanted to watch Die Hard because I couldn't, you know, I was like, well, let's just try something new. So I watched Die Hard instead. Lethal Weapon tops Die Hard. Huh. Wow. Yeah. For, you know, ultimate Christmas, Christmas wrapping movie choice is Lethal Weapon. Interesting. All right. So May, I'm wondering, what are some of your traditions that may have lost a little bit of their sparkle over the years? Or maybe some that actually shine just as bright as they did when you were a kid. And maybe there's some whys with with those things, too. Okay, okay. Um, So all of the traditions, really, that I've mentioned already, I've mentioned those because they have, like, a positive memory reflex Mm -hmm. with me. So I feel like those are some really good shining moments that I've already done. Um, there is one that kind of comes up to my mind about like childhood situation that I'm like, uh, it, it's something that really bothered, not, not really bothered me because you know, I can get over it every year. It's not that big of a deal deal, but it's something that I didn't want to have to do as an adult. So we, we kind of changed it. Uh, a little bit in our adulthood because we can make decisions because we're grownups. So <laughs> it's the one good thing. <laughs> the one good thing. So when I was a kid, like we would wake up Christmas morning, we would hurriedly rush through our Christmas present openings, take everything back to the room, throw on something that we just gotten in a Christmas present, <laughs> like new clothes. And we would rush to the car and drive over to my grandparents' house. So the thing about that, the thing about it that wasn't bad is that, you know, being with family is something that is ultimately good. So it's not like, oh, well, you know, most of the time it's ultimately good. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your family, you know, you'd have that crazy uncle, you know. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody has a few of those. But, um, but what I didn't like about it, and I loved hanging out with my cousins. I have really cool cousins. But what I didn't like about it was that rush and mm. how we didn't have a lot of time with like each other, like my mom and my dad and my brother and I, um, there, there was not a lot of time to enjoy the immediate family because we were running over to the extended family. Mm. And, uh, so that was always kind of a little bit of a regretful thing for me because it was, you know, that connection has always been really important to me. So... <laughs> We changed that. We, When Britt and I got married, what we ended up doing was alternating holidays. We, um, When it was just the two of us, it really wasn't that difficult either because we could do, for example, our immediate family Christmas on Christmas Eve 
and then just enjoy that the rest of that day. So we could we woke up on Christmas Eve morning, mm-hmm. and we were able to enjoy each other, have a nice breakfast, be in our pajamas, and and open up our little meager presents to each other because we were very poor. And um, and um, and and to just enjoy each other for a while. So when Christmas Day rolled around, we would get up and get dressed and go to whatever family member that was. So we just kind of moved Christmas around a little bit, and that was fine. That hectic feeling, like you have to hurry up and do this, and then go clean up and put all this stuff up, and then put your best clothes on. Wear that outfit that you just opened up, and take it off the hanger. Make sure you remove the tags. You know, like <laughs> all of these things. That feeling, that ah feeling I hated that I hated that we I was fine when I got there but it was the getting there and then you're like I got all of these really neat things and you kind of want to see what's going on there and it's sitting in your room and you can't touch it but also that was practicing patience and so maybe that wasn't so bad so I'm not really sure if I answered your questions but (laughs) you definitely did and you know I think that I have something very similar with that just you know, the way that we grow up might be, there might be things that we love about it. There might be things that we want to change and, um, that ability to just kind of adapt. Um, I do, I love that so much. And that's something that, you know, when I grew up, um, my father was a preacher. Okay. So being a preacher's family, there are certain expectations during that time of year. It's a very busy time of year. Um, we would have a lot of events, of course, as many churches do. So, it was a lot of the joy was sucked from the season um, in my family just because of that busyness and, you know, some other things surrounding. And so I always, um, growing up, I wanted to, to be able to see that joy, you know, and actually, actually feel that during the Christmas time. So that's one of the things that, you know, we wanted to do when we had kids and, and all of that. And also, um, as we have had the kids and it was, we've moved back to where Tony's parents live because we live in the same town with them. Um, that was a little bit of a change because for a while we were quite a ways away from family. Um, and sometimes they would come visit for the holidays. Sometimes we'd come visit for the holidays, which in itself was difficult because we would be away from our home, um, for that time. But now that we're here, we typically spend the Christmas holiday with his family. And it can be that, you know, like you're saying, like a little bit hectic, like, you know, let's hurry and rush to go over to Nona and Papa's kind of thing. But over the years, I feel like we've all done a really good job. Um, My in-laws and my husband and me, we've all kind of wanted to make it less stressful and less hectic. We've all kind of been of the same mindset when it came to that, which is helpful. Um, So we have looked for ways to just simplify everything. You know, maybe we don't do a huge feast and (laughs) the giant spread of food. Like, that's not really necessary. You know, maybe instead of, you know, making the banana pancakes that we wanted to do (laughs) every Christmas morning, that's a little labor intensive, right? So let's just... Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, I love banana pancakes, but uh, I digress. 
maybe we just do a casserole <laughs> that can be mixed together ahead of time and put into the oven, you know, or something that can go into the crock pot overnight and boom, it's ready. You know, things like yeah. that, things to simplify it, things like, like reading Luke two and just slowing down and, you know, not being in such a rush. Simplifying for me is a huge thing. And also mm-hmm. keeping our minds focused on what's most important And for us, what that has looked like is really putting a much larger emphasis on Advent um, in the past few years. Okay, so I have some thoughts on why, because I know that that was a part of the question, uh, too. So I'm just thinking about, like, the answers just right now, brainstorming. So if this doesn't actually pan out, please forgive me, folks. (laughs) But I've been thinking about, just thinking about like these moments that we've been talking about. And that's really how all they've been, right? They've been moments. There've been some, you know, like even the going and looking at Christmas lights wouldn't be such a memorable thing if I wasn't with the people that I was with. I'm just thinking that the things that felt more like duty and have tos and expected tos, like those are the things that did not bring joy the traditions that did not bring joy, but the ones that did bring joy were the things that brought the people who were around me closer together Mm. that were relational based instead of duty based, Mm. um, that were about a quality experience instead of a necessity. So I'm just thinking, I don't know if that's the reason why these things are the things that I love so much, but I do see similarities in the things that I didn't like versus the things that I do like and the, and the memories that make me smile. That makes perfect sense. And it definitely is. It's the memories. It's the, it's those moments, like you said, that, that stick with us, that come to mind, that are just as vivid in our mind's eye as they were when we were doing those things. Um, So yeah, for sure. So I have a final question for you to kind of bring all this Mm -hmm. together, um, you know, because we wanted to pull in the creativity part. How do you think... Why are we even talking about this, Joy? Yes, exactly. Maybe we should have said this at the very beginning. I don't know, but it's too late now, folks. So (laughs) (laughs) If you've stuck with us this long. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Now you're the people who are going to really get the secret. (laughs) There you go. Because we didn't tell anybody that we were telling a secret at the end of the episode. Well, we did. We did. We did mention it. Did we? Did we mention it? Okay, good. I don't remember. (laughs) So, how do you think our creativity can help us when it comes to keeping traditions fresh and memories sweet at this time of year? Mm -hmm. So, I think creativity gives us flexibility. And I think that we've really practiced that, or I know I, I have really practiced it in taking the um, the traditions that we did from childhood when I didn't have an opportunity to be a part of that decision and and adapting it to something that is some something that I do today. So I, I, I vividly remember saying, hey, Brent, let's take let's take this time and wrap these presents together with a movie and he picked the movie. He picked Lethal Weapon. What creativity does do is allow us to, to once we've kind of analyzed the thing that we are looking at, it allows us to create um, alternatives for those things. And also, say you don't like anything and you don't want to remember your childhood. 
because some of us don't have great childhoods. Some of us have really crappy childhoods and we want to build something better than what we were given. That's so fun. Um, your creativity is going to allow you to come up with the things, the little things that you you wanted, to, you know, what you wanted. It can cultivate those things and it can, you can give that to your family and you can give your family a foundation that's strong. You can give them the love. You can give them the relationship that you wanted and that you needed at the time. Um, you can be that for your family and your friends, even if you don't have children, even if you don't have a spouse, you can be that for those people and you can heal through that as well. And I'm not saying live vicariously. Well, you're not really living vicariously because you're the person who's doing it, but, and I'm not saying like, you know, don't, don't try to put band-aids on these emotions that you need to deal with. I'm just saying that sometimes we heal through action. And your creativity gives you a chance to create an action, to make an action and build upon the things that you need in order to heal. Also, I think that the more things that we do that we enjoy, if we enjoy the kind of things that we do over the holidays, that we end up not having that need for a holiday from your holiday. <laughs> you know? So so uh, if you can cultivate traditions around you and if you can set some good boundaries and if you can say no to a couple of things and say yes to the things that really matter, then you're going to come out of the holidays in a better position to continue creating and doing the things that you need to do or even potentially creating during the holidays, which we have an episode on, guys, <laughs> so, with some tips on how to practically do that. So the, the creativity is a huge part of tradition making and you don't have to rely on other people to make your traditions for you. So I love that you said flexibility. And I think that that is a huge part. Creativity does allow you to be so flexible. And this is something that I've learned over the years, because when we think of tradition, we think of, we have to do the same thing every year because it's tradition. And <laughs> there are certain things that that's kind of how they become. But this really hit home to me this year, actually, because my in-laws are going to spend Christmas with my brother-in-law and his wife in Florida. So when our kids got the word on this, <laughs> oh, let me just tell you, my daughter just about lost her marbles and she said, but it's tradition. Tradition. Like it was just this whole huge thing. So as I was thinking through, you know, how this Christmas is going to look a little different for us. And I, I tend to be a little bit of a creature of habit, I guess, too. I don't I, I like to know how things are going to be. And I and I kind of like that um, predictability. Um, mm -hmm. So flexibility isn't always easy for me. But I realized how great this is because this year is going to be different and that's going to be great. We're going to do things, just the four of us, like we haven't been able to do before. And I think that that's the great thing to remember that these traditions, they're great and they're wonderful, but they shouldn't become a drudgery. And we don't have to do everything every year. And to further the creativity tradition metaphor that's happening here, the analogy that we're, we're enjoying together as a, <laughs> as a group, uh, 
our creative processes are not something that's going to be stagnant either. We're not going to be able to say five years from now that our creative process is the exact same way of our creative traditions, as you will, with your special candle and your special place and your special computer and your special cup, you know, like all of these things, if you know, those things are not always going to be with you. And, And at some point in time, your brain might decide that that cup is not very inspirational for you anymore Mm. and you're you know if you are not using your creativity to be flexible in that process as well and in just trying new things in order to shake that up a little bit and make it more enjoyable for you and more productive and more fulfilling and all of those things just as these traditions then uh then you're not using your creativity on your actual process. <laughs> so it's true. I'm feeling like sometimes we forget to bring in our creativity to the practical parts of our lives, like traditions, like process. But these things that feel so left brain and very and very um, bullet pointed, sometimes if we bring in our right brain, our creative our creative self into those, then we find better ways and more fulfilling things. Well, I think that it is time for a challenge. Cool. Let's do it. So (laughs) here is our challenge for you, our QWERTY challenge. How can you put a twist in your traditions this year? What changes and differences are you facing this year? How can you meet these new features with optimism and creativity? How can you make something new out of something old or keep longtime traditions fresh and not a drudgery? We challenge you to chat with your friends and family and come up with a creative solution for the season. All right. Well, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. And go make something. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think pretty writing life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting partywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.